everybody. This is MG, and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. So Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast that MG and I do every week. We try to do it every week, and we try to bring to you our experiences working several programs and just share with you what we have come across in our lives. And I like to say, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober but I know what works for me. And that's what we want to encourage people to do in this podcast is to figure out what works for them. And that's where MG and I are a little bit different because I like to tell people what to do and think that I can keep them sober. (laughs) (laughs) But we just invite you to listen. It's fun and it's also really educational. We cry, we laugh, we do a little bit of everything. We have guests, we work the steps. It's great. So stay tuned to the next podcast coming right up. Hi everybody, it's MG and Elizabeth Pudwell and we are Sober Sisters Talk. And we are sitting here talking about being sober. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we love to do. It we is lo- what we really love to do. We're sober sisters and we love to talk about our sobriety and I, you know, often think that we might be doing a disservice to people out there that, you know, we're just two drunks that are in recovery just talking about our stuff. And people have shared with me that this does help people, so I have to trust that. But I feel like, you know, I I can't quote the big book like Elizabeth can, and I, you know, don't have this stuff like down. It's just I live a sober life. I try to be very Yeah, but there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, because I, you know, like when you start out in the intro, it says I like to say that I can't keep anybody sober, and I like to think that I can. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll say it, you know. You know, and I, I do, we have different styles of sponsoring and, and helping people, and I'm very forward and direct, and, um, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's a different thing, and I, I do hope that it does help people, but I don't even think, though, that it's like, really, we're sitting there talking about sobriety so much as that we talk about life and using the principles that we've yes. learned practicing these principles in, in all, all our, our affairs, affairs right so that is exactly where we are right now and right. that's what we're going to talk about and you know we were talking about like like she was talking about a situation that she had come across and we were trying to break it down like exactly what is going on here and I think that the the part of it is especially like the sex and love addict part of it is that one of my character defects was fantasy about going into fantasy about like whatever and then when reality shatters my little dream of how I think it is I'm devastated and I can really apply that to like when I had this fantasy of what it was going to be like me going to New York what it was going to be like for me going to grad school and when I left Houston to go to New York I mean you know, if I could have been levitating six inches off the ground, I would have been because that's how high I was on the idea of me making this big move and going after my dreams. And it was a fulfillment of all my work I'd done in program. And then I get there and New York promptly puts my face in the dirt. And New York dirt is different from any other kind of dirt, let me just say dirtier it's dirtier it's got fecal matter and dog shit and like urine people urine and it's just you know decades a lot of lack and deprivation and yeah Mm -hmm. and so you know I really struggled in New York for like you know I did my grad program which was three years and very intensive and 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 even that was a little traumatic in terms of like my acting teacher was like 
you can't phone this in in order for you to really feel because we were learning the method by you know Lee Strasberg and it was like you know you can't just like oh yeah you know abandonment yeah no problem I can do that it was really like going back and pulling all that out and I just I was saying to myself I just had three years of amazing therapy I'm good what do you want me to do to go back and look at this shit? I don't ever want to look at that shit again. And then they're asking you to bring it up. Right. Look at it, feel right. it. And not in recovered. Right. Not in a In the despair. Correct. Mm. So, you know, my idea of my fantasy of what I felt like it was going to be like really kind of got turned on its head. And then I went into a little bit of a victim mode that I've, you know been shanghaied by this grad school program giving them all this money and this is what I have more trauma and I can't look at it and at the place of a victim you know I love that phrase from Al-Anon is that you're not a victim you're a volunteer you put your hand in the air and said yes I will do I'm that. going mm-hmm I will do that I yes. will participate and then I see that like even in my job now that I go to about how I feel like they quote unquote should act, they should be. And it's taken a lot to, and I mean in grad school in a way was good for me in that I really developed kind of a tough skin around a lot of things. And I also realized that it's usually not about me. So I don't take things as personal. Sometimes I do, but it's a big difference between what I used to feel in terms of like being offended or hurt or victimized than I do now. I love that. And I, I think too, like I see a lot of my own growth and I do in the story that I was telling you before we started to record. And um, what I was sharing with MG is that I, I'd spoken to somebody um, about um, some issues that they were having and they got really defensive about their position. And with you? With yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that. telling me like, yeah, well, I did it because of this and because of that and because they were like this and they were like that, you know. And um, it was interesting because I could see myself in it. So I had a situation earlier in the week, you know, that for you guys that don't know, I got a dog. <laughs> Ginger. Ginger. She's so beautiful. And I've been taking Ginger to work, and that was part of the reason that I got her. I got the dog because my boss told me I want an office dog. And I was like, well, let's go get one. And he was like, well, how are we going to handle it? And I said, well, I'll take it home at night and the weekends, and then, you know, but I'll bring it in here every day. It'll be an office dog. So the first day she was there, somebody saw the dog. Um, of course, everybody on my floor saw the dog, but somebody in another department saw it. And promptly went down to her boss and told her boss, who's the VP of operations, that there's a dog on the fourth floor. And then sent an email to someone else connected with our floor saying, what's the story with the dog on the fourth floor? Well, you were just up on my floor. Why didn't you ask me? Why didn't you talk to me about this? Why are you going to that person? That's your defense. That's why you're being. That's how you're being defensive. Yeah. I was very defensive. I was. I was mad, and so I left. And the next morning, I woke up and I said, "I'm not taking the dog in. I don't want to feel like this." All of a sudden, I feel like I did something wrong, and I don't like it. And I knew I was in this area. You know, I was in that territory. And first thing, boss goes, "Where's the dog?" And I to- told him, "I said, you know what? All of that stuff that went down. I don't like the way that makes me feel." He said, "I thought." 
you know, you were going to like handle this part of it. And he goes, well, I thought I did by responding to the email. I said, you said that it was my dog and you're allowing me to bring it up here. That's not the same thing. So he, he kind of walked away and later I got an email from the woman who did it. And she, I said, Hey, well, what's up with that email? I saw that. And um, she said, well, they were worried about insurance. And so I talked to someone else about it. I was gathering soldiers, and that's part of this thing that we do. We go around, we tell everybody how wronged we were. Where's the dog? Well, you know what happened to me. Yeah, Let me on, tell yeah. you. Yes, yes, yes. They. Right. And somebody offered me a solution. Add the dog to your homeowner's premium. I emailed Allstate. I said, please add the dog. I have a dog. I'm bringing her to work. I want her covered. Sent me the coverage. I sent it to my boss. I said, there. If the insurance is the thing, it's covered. So all of that just switched me from being a victim to being empowered. And that's exactly what this the, the whole program did for me. It took me out of this space where I'm like, my mom, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's right. My mom abused me. My mom beat the shit out of me. My mom, blah, blah, blah. Okay. To, you know what? Maybe my mom did the best she could with what she had and what. And so that's, you know, looking at it now, the, the person who sent the email, like she was doing her job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She felt like that's what she's supposed to do. Hey, did you know there's a dog up on the fourth floor? You know, right? And then when we when we do a post mortem or when we do a backward looking thing, that's like why we do an inventory. And when we go back and look at it, we can see where we had a part in it. We can see where they clearly had a part in it, right? And the part of it is like to transcend that, to go beyond that. And you could see where you could have done something different, maybe. You know, like having the knowledge you know now, like you could have said to your boss, hey, listen, man, HR is going to be on my shit than when I bring this pit bull in here. So are you going to What are you going to do? Are yes. you going to send out like a letter to all your like department heads and say, hey, FYI, we've got a pit bull on fourth floor. It's cool. Blah, blah. Are you going to do that? Yeah. He was not going to do that. No, he, he was, was not clearly gonna not going to do that. Right, right, right. And it was so funny. I was talking to my friend TK about this because we were laughing about like, you know, She's got a clear opinion about, like, you know, she loves big dogs. And uh, and I was, like, saying, yeah, we'll see when HR calls her. You know, because I was, like, I was already thinking there's going to be an issue with your dog. And uh, because, you know, it's a new thing for this company, right? So, uh, and it's so funny that, you know, there was a little bit of an issue. But I love how you handled it. And are you going to take her back? Have you taken her back? Many times. Okay. And she's perfectly fine and nobody else has complained. And Except her stealing sandwiches. Which she is did steal a sandwich. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> which now you know. Don't leave your sandwich leave unattended your t- when, you know. And everybody will, ca- everybody will catch on, you know. Many people heard about the sandwich. That's caper, right. You know. And maybe your boss will reimburse them with a luncheon one day or something. Who knows? It, it is interesting, though, because I, I was feeling really emotional about it that day. You know, the Tuesday when I didn't take her. And just dealing with it. I was like, I don't like feeling like I did something wrong. I oh, have yeah. um, set my life up to where I don't, you know, to where I'm protective yeah and I do what it is that I need to do so that I'm I don't get into trouble 
I show up more than on time. I do more than my share of work. I handle things. You because know. that's your 10th step. You know, when we're wrong, promptly admitted it. You know, I mean, it's like when I start my day out, when we do our, you know, 10 step prayer and start the day out, it's like, God be with me. You know, I'm spiritually fit. I'm going out into the world. I don't want to do anything I'm going to have to make amends for. I'm not going to lie, cheat, or steal, or <laughs> cut somebody off in traffic, hopefully, you know. And it's like, you know, living this way, that that's what recovery has brought for me, that I live from a place of integrity, and I feel like I do have my voice now. And it took you about a day, and then you got it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and for the New York situation, you know, it took me about three years of being miserable in New York to say, forget this. This does not work for me any longer. What am I doing? And I had the tools to be able to shift it to say, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to be victimized and stay in this city that I can't stand. For what reason? For the hope that I might, you know, forget it. No, I'm going to go back to my home, to my Houston, to my friends, to my recovery community. And so, you know, coming back, it was like such a, it was such a, um, ad, I, I want to say advocacy for myself, that I was really an advocate for my life. And I feel like that's what I want to um, give to our listeners is that this is your life to do with what you want, how you want it to be, to craft it, to create it, to do all those things that you want to do. That's what, what I'm trying to do with my life and working with you. And I think you and I share that, that we want to get better. We were continually curious and wanting to learn. And, and uh, you know, but both of the, this was like a huge success for you. That, and you didn't go out and have a drink about it or go, you know, act or out. Any, or rage or cry at work. You know, I didn't do, which is, those are the things that I don't want to do. And I, and I think too, like, um, I got to... I, I get to accept my boss for who he is. And I still, like, because I could be up front and not just, like, this passive-aggressive, hmm, you know, I I could be up front and say this is, you know, how I feel. It, it's, like, a non-issue now. How did you gain that courage to do that and use your voice and say those things? Because this is a new practice. boss. Practice. It's practice. I agree. I it's agree. practice. It's still scary, you know, but it's practice. And I think that like one of the things that happens for me is I knew when I was going into work, a couple of people had asked me like, where is she? And I got emotional and started to cry. And I was like, I need to say this a few times before I talk to my boss. And so yeah, I did. I got to yeah. be able to talk to one of my coworkers about yeah, it first. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it kind of diffused it a little bit. You got to practice your lines and before that, you go in for your So that is very much practice your lines. Know what it is that you want to say. And and run it by someone. Yeah. So that you're not like just going off half cocked. <laughs> well, and you're so good about that because I can remember when I was getting ready to do my ninth step where I, you know, not writing the letters to the people I didn't need to be talking to, but the people I needed to, you know, make direct amends to. And you were so good about, no, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't that. That's good. Yeah. And like, keep it short and simple. Get down to one to two sentences. Yes, you know, just definitely. Just to, to the crux of it. Yeah. You know, don't talk about what they did. You don't have to talk about, you know, what you thought about the situation, what it brought up for you. You don't need to do any of that. Just say, you know, uh, I lied to you. And I'm never going to do that again. And then you put a period on it. That's right. And it, it is. It's so much easier if you're just direct 
to the point and then stop it. Yeah. You don't need to explain everything. They don't care. Yeah. You know? Oh, I've been in this program. <laughs> no. And I also, when you were talking, it reminded me what my therapist used to say, that when I'm pointing a finger at something, I've got one finger pointing at them and three pointing back at right. me. And, you know, in terms of my grad school experience, I could have done so much more research about grad schools you know, there are grad schools that, you know, you don't pay anything. You get accepted and they pay your whole way. And then at the end of it, you're an equity actor. You know, it's like, really? They have that? Oh, yeah. You know, I could have done so much more yeah. research on any of that. I, you know, I could have researched, you know, what other people like, you know, what's it like in New York. There was just so many things. And so we learn, and that we learn by experience. And you and I have a lot of experience we do. in the world. Together we have... I wanted to touch briefly on the fantasy part of it because that, like, you know, creating a story about somebody, it doesn't matter. Like, it could be somebody that you go into collaboration with. We talked a little bit about that the last time. It could be somebody that you go to work for. It could be, you know, a new mate, a, a date or something like that. It could be a friend. All of these situations, we do create stories and go into fantasy about who they are. And on the after that, then you create this story about how they should respond or how they should act. And that right there is going to create disappointment every yeah, time. Yeah. Well, you know, Law of Attraction all talks about that. You can't control what other people are doing, any of that. You can only control what you are doing. Right, right. And I remember when I first, like, you know, got into the secret and law of attraction, it was when, not my last qualifier, next to the last, like the big one, the one that knocked me out. I kept thinking, you know, how can I apply the secret to this law of attraction when I was so miserable? Here he was living with me, dating someone else and, you know, talking about, God, you know, you their sex life. I and, was ironing oh, clothes Jesus. for his day, you know, and taking care of his dog. And my heart was just breaking every day. And how could I, how could I get him back? Law of attraction, how could I get them back? And, you know, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. And it was because it was a fantasy. What I wanted from him and in my life was not based on anything based in reality. And not that law of attraction is based on reality. I mean, it, it, it's a good thing about, like, thinking about it. But it's about being in vibrational harmony to that which you, which you want. And I was not in vibrational no, harmony. No, you were focused on the lack of it. Correct. And then you're getting more of it. Correct. And, you know, I have found that, too, like, with that concept is is to not apply that. Like, the wanting is good. The wanting of the what it is that you want. I want to be loved. As I want long to have, as it's like a, an aspirational thing, like but, a and generative you cannot thing. Take, you cannot attach a person to it. Yes. You can have the feeling and you can have the, like, this is what I want and I want a person and I want that. But if you attach a specific person, I've never known anybody to be successful with that. Because you're making up a story about what that person is capable of. You don't know. You don't know if that person is capable of being that for you. This guy was clear with me from day one. I, like I don't you. want you're, that. You're my good friend, but, you know, I'm not attracted to you like that. Right. Clear. And, and so you kept trying to change that. And when you're trying to change that, all that does is it makes you focus on all the things that you don't have. And then you get more of the things that you don't have. Right. Rather right. than the things that you want. 
Right. So it's really, I think it's really um, smart. You said something last week, and I used this last night, um, to only collaborate with people who are at the top of their game. And that is so true. And I shared that with her. I said, look, you know, when you're going to go to work for somebody, it should be somebody who has what you want and that you think is at least as smart as or smarter than you. And if you don't feel that way, get out. Or just know that's the deal. And accept it. And just be in complete acceptance. Right. You know, and just, you know, like I've had to come to this place of acceptance around my boss who continues to like tease me and make fun of me a little bit. And I finally am at this place where I just like laugh out loud in his face. You know, like I went to work the other day because I've been so sick and I've just been pulling my schleppy ass to work, you know, putting on some clothes, kind of getting my hair like somewhat together, no makeup. I'm just, I'm doing all I can do to get there. And so I went into work the other day and I had like on a bright blue shirt and a beautiful necklace and, but I had my coat on because it was chilly and I don't have, my office is chilly. And so he comes in and he was like, oh, you're wearing a nice bright necklace today. And I wanted to go, fuck you, fuck you, you know, don't talk about my fucking necklace. And he was like, and you're dressed like Nanook of the North. And I was just uh. like, and I just laughed out loud. I'm like, how can I help you boss? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, after saying very kindly to him, please stop making fun of me. Please stop talking about my clothes. Please stop talking about my face, you know. Because he was like, one day he said, oh, that's kind of a large pimple you have in your forehead. Oh, you know? Jesus. Oh, my God. And today I saw Yeah, like I a, never saw that. <laughs> really? And I saw like a big black head on his forehead today. And I was like, hey, Let me man, to get rid of that for you? <laughs> <laughs> Let me get at it. <laughs> hey, man. Let me get that. You know? And you got a dermatologist like, you could see. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, so... But that is who you're working for. He is who he is. And it really is not about you. And that's the problem is that when we make that, their behavior about us, you know, and I did that with, with that situation with the dog. I was like, he said he was going to protect me. He said he had my back mm. and it wasn't about me. Mm-mm. He did that because of him. Mm-hmm. Whatever his response was, it was, you know, Yeah. and it's okay. And I, I still have his back, and I still will. It's all good. It is all good. I like my boss. My, I boss, like my boss is boss like a too. great guy. You know, I mean, they're just like it's like it's like like it's at they a have ninety-eight their own point stuff. six percent. Exactly, exactly, and they have their own stuff. Right, and, and so he do doesn't we. have to be perfect. Well, you may. No. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth is actually at this point floating four inches off my couch because she's so enlightened. She's so. Perfect. Oh my god. It's just like well, and that and, and my therapist used to like talk about it like you know you think of like a prickly pear you know that pear is like you know so I'm a prickly pear and you're a prickly pear and everybody and so it's like when we go out in the world we're gonna trigger right. each other's stuff yes and he said that's where the work comes yes and he said when when you're triggered he goes that's gold yes you get to you look stay at it. in it. And so, don't run from it. Don't push it away. Stay in it. Like, what's that about? Yeah. And I get really curious about, like, whatever I'm feeling, what's ever going on. I'm like, what is that about? Because once I can understand it, and sometimes it's multi. Sometimes it's, like, current. Sometimes it's historical. 
Sometimes it's just, you know, uh, because I'm sick, you know, once I can like pull it apart and look at it, and sometimes it can be four, five, six, seven things that are around this one issue. And once I realize and work on each little one, I can go forward with it and I'm not so incapacitated because I used to be incapacitated through my sex and love addiction and through any of my addictions where it was like I was so fraught with upset and emotion that the only solution to getting out of it was to act out. drink or drug or act out something. And then, you know, and one thing I've done for the new year is I've been very intentful about my TV and about my gaming. And I had like a seven-day sabbatical from all of it. No TV for seven days. No gaming for seven days. Just to like, what does it feel like? Uh, and no reading. Like no media. Nothing. Just to be able to see, like, who am I without all these distractions? And and I, I'm okay. You know, I was a little bored. But it's like, I use that time to journal. Well, let's journal. Let's use that because I don't want to be held hostage by my feelings. And I feel like that as addicts in recovery, I feel like that's our mandate to be happy, joyous, and free. And I have to take out my enchiladas. So stand it's got to be like um, self-development. You know, I have to be in a constant state of self-development. If I'm not, do you want me to stop talking? Negative. If I'm not in a constant state of self-development, then I'm not growing and I'm not able, like, I love what you shared about, like, taking it apart. Like, even that defensiveness, when I, when I noticed it, you know, if I can, if, when I noticed it with the person I was talking about and the defensiveness, and it's like, okay, so if I'm getting defensive, that equals something. Yes. Within me. Yes. Not the other person. I, you know... I do not need to puff up my chest and defend my position ever. No. You know, I just don't. And I feel like, you know, Al-Anon really is so key about addressing that. And I wish I could find, I had some sheet that somebody gave to me out of a meeting years ago. And these are all these responses, like when the alcoholic comes for you, you know, and it's like when they're attacking you so that, you know, as an Al-Anon, I want to defend well, you did the, well, blah, blah, blah. And so there's this list of sayings, and one of the sayings that comes to mind is, you may be right. Another saying is, I never thought of it like that before. Like, just, and it just diffuses it. Right. We all have our own perspective. Right. And they may be right, but, right. The, whole, but the whole deal is not to engage in that and to, and, and in a way, it, it's not defensive, but it's deflection. If they can't, well, you're get allowing you. them to have that. How, you know, you yeah. might, you you might be right. Well, and like, and also in couples therapy, I remember there was this thing. Uh, maybe I read it in transactional analysis. Who the hell knows? But it talks about that uh, in this intentional dialogue that you have with someone in a partnership, and when they when they say to you. I don't like how you brush your teeth. You're supposed to respond back. So what I'm hearing you say is that you don't like how I brush my teeth. Did I get that right? And they're like, yes. And it's like, is there anything more? It's like, yes, and how you floss too. Drives me up a wall. I can't stand it. The way you stand in the mirror and hold your... And it's like, 
So what I hear you saying is that you also don't like how I floss. Did I get that right? Is there anything else? And so it's a way of having this dialogue with someone. To get to the meat of the to issue. To get to the meat of it. Because it's not about the brush in your teeth and flossing. Right. There's something else right. that's coming up. It's underneath like, that. Yes. And so what you're doing is you're hearing that what they're saying and, and, and that way validating what they have to say. That they're being heard. And then the other portion of it is, you know, I can see how you might feel that way. And then with the therapist, you can work it like, you know, really what the issue is, is that, you know, you want them to come to bed earlier or whatever. And yeah. they're like, you know, uh, because you miss them. Just deeper things, right, deeper things. Right, deeper right, right. Emotional issues. It isn't about, it. yeah. You know, I just think that that is so true about, like, just being able to be honest you know and to be direct and we have to remember when we're out in the world that not everybody has the benefit of a program they don't have the education that we have had no and they don't get everything and they don't you know they're not but our job is is to stay and and clean our side of the street and defensiveness is it's an indication of something and it's a setting me apart from them it's it, it's putting my hand away from them they're the bad guy, and I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Creating disconnection yeah. where I feel like my program has taught me how to connect right. or at least, you know, how to show up for myself with a strong boundary but not be, you know, so ironclad. Rigid. That, yeah. yeah. In that and we regard. can have empathy, you know. We can have empathy for, you know, whatever, you know, the other person or, you know, and I think that those things will serve our sobriety. And serenity. And like my happiness. You know, I had a work situation and one of the things in Al-Anon I learned is that I can't do anything unless someone asks me to do something. So, you know, somebody will come back and say, the printer's not working. I think I've shared this before on here. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Good to know. You know? And they they keep standing in my office. And so... I Did know you, what they want. Do you want me to go fix it? <laughs> Would you like me to look at the printer? Yes, please. And I actually, you know, because I've been there for, um, for you know, it's going to be coming up on three years in March. I got to have a conversation with one of the uh, other people in, in, the, in the company. And we talked about this, about what she does and how she comes and she just makes statements. And I said... I said, Sue, I said, sometimes I, you may seem to get frustrated with me because you'll come and you'll say something to me. And I think that I know what you want, but you're not make, asking. You're just stating. And I shared with her, I said, you know, this is something I learned in, in Al-Anon. And it's like, you know, so please forgive me, but I'm going to start asking some clarity questions because I am not a mind reader and I don't know what you think. I think I know what you think. But I'm going to, like, find out for sure what it is. And she was like, she goes, I see that. I see that. She saw what she did, and she saw what I've been doing. Because she was clearly very frustrated that I just didn't, you know. Hop up and go like, well, the printer's broken. I should fix it. Which I wanted to. I wanted to, but my recovery, like, you know, gives me, I love that phrase, pause when agitated. It gives me a little bit of a pause in there. Right. So yeah. I guess, and you want clear communication with right, whoever. Right, because she just might be saying that, and then she could add, well, I've called the IT people, so just FYI, if you're planning on printing a big thing. that's That was maybe what she was going to say. I don't know. 
So it's like, those are the ways that program has helped me go out and take our stuff out into the world so that I can try to practice these principles. Please don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not perfect at any of this, but like today, like going to the grocery store is a big trigger for me. Being in traffic is a big trigger for me. And you know, today I just kept saying to myself, cause I did have bad traffic. It's like, relax, you're fine. You know, if Elizabeth has to wait for you being there, she'll be fine. It's okay, just relax, you know, go into the store, just take your time, don't worry about all these carts, you know. There is that old me that is still there wanting to drive the show, the ego is still there, and I just have to talk to her, talk mm -hmm. her off a ledge, relax, it's okay, you know. Let them go, let it's them go. Oh Lord, I can't even get going on traffic. But, the yeah. other stuff, I do, you know, I do see progress. Yeah. It takes some time. But it's all about progress. It's never about perfection. Elizabeth, we're I'm never not. going to get to this point of nirvana no. and enlightenment. No. I am very aware of my own character defects. And I'm also very aware of how to um, resolve and being really clear in my community, in my communication. Yeah. And I do not want to go into fantasy about who somebody else is. And what they're, you know, I just don't want to do that. Well, and because you've done that work, Elizabeth, that's why you're such an amazing coach. And that's why you're such an amazing sponsor is because you've done a lot of that work. And you can, you and I feel like can clearly see it when somebody else is doing it. You know, it's like, oh, is that, that's what you're doing? Okay, well, yeah. let, let, me, let me just clarify again. I ask clarity questions with my sponsors oh, all, all the time. All the time. So did you... Do you think you might have done this? Do right. you think it might have been perceived this way by did the other... Did you have this By idea? the other person? Yes. Did you think this thing? Yeah. You were, were you maybe trying to manipulate the situation a little bit? You know, yeah. yes. Like, and what was that, your part The of only that? reason that I can see that is because I know what it looks like and I know mine. Yeah. I know mine. Yeah. And I feel like as an addict, I'm always going to be, like in a way, my own worst enemy. And it's almost like this rigorousness of habit that keeps me and prevents me from just jumping right back out to that whatever it is, that acting out. And so I just love that we have this time together so that we can talk about stuff. And what I'm going to challenge myself to do, and for our listeners, I'd like for you guys to think about it as well, like whatever your 12-step text is, and for me, my main program is my SLAA text, that I'm going to start re reading the book this year i'm going to be very thoughtful about it so you're going to hear me in the next podcast refer back to it and you know just look at like these texts because i feel like for me it's like i got this yeah i'm good you know and i always get such great nuggets whenever i work with a sponsee through a step and we do the rereading so that's what you know uh it's not a new year's resolution but it's just a goal that i have for the year so i encourage you guys to do the same so i wanted to share one last thing before we sign off and um i did a podcast recording for the meadow report last week with a, a woman who's not in program and i asked her you know what are you afraid of and she giggled a little bit and she said um you know what i'm afraid of is reverting she goes i don't want to go back to that person yes. yeah yeah and I think it's such a good you know healthy fear to have mm. that I don't want to go back yeah I don't you know I want to move forward 
Right. We were talking about that, I think you and I, about like the, you know, teeter-totter. Yeah. That there's a point where, you know, I'm not going to be the acting out. I want to go for the development and and growth. And so I see that, you know, the teeter-totter is like, I'm afraid of going back down into that area. And so that's why I continue to, you know, do what I can now, even though I'm a little bit sick, but to do the things that I know that help keep me so and the reading is that that's self-development you yeah. know to continue this constant searching you know where are you at right now and how do you move forward and there's a lot of people that talk about like you know uh that they don't like their meetings and blah blah you know once again like the complaining you know there's not enough meetings or blah 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 i'm well, like you, can you create know one. you can create one or you can go and shop around and for people who are like remote that are in SLAA. You get I'm on like, the phone. There's web meetings. There's too much. I mean, I, I, you know, this AAers will like say no, but I say you just go to AA meeting and keep your mouth shut. You know, if that's not your, you will hear what you need to hear. Right, and if they say, "Hey, man, who are you?" It's like you know, I'm just, I'm just listening. You know, you don't have to say shit. So if you're like a sex and love addict, you know, go to an AA meeting. Try to find an open one, but if they're not, you know, just Al-Anon. Yeah. Al-Anon there is not a human on this Kodak. planet that doesn't have Al-Anon issues of some kind. Nope. You are right about that. Right. So mm. stay in the place of self-discovery. Stay in the place of self-awareness. Um, your, know that your character defects, your acting out, it's going to show up in all areas. Where It's going to show up at the grocery store. Yeah. It's going to show up on the freeway. It's going to show up at work. It's going to show up in your social life, in your family. Relationships. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. So that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for for listening. So if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Or you can check out our other episodes at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and there we have them all lined up. You can see them. You can get a little description. You can share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Bye.